Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 406. This is your weekly, or sometimes weekly, DC TV news. Uh, most of the time, weekly DC TV news. Uh, I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, so, as a reminder, we're going to be doing this a couple times, every once in a while, probably. Maybe every week, I don't know. But as a reminder, you can now leave us a voicemail for us to play called 205 205- Two five nine six three three one. That is two zero five two five nine six three three one. There is no reason for you not to. Really, we we will play your voicemail and we will respond to it, and we'll have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is. I left this news for the TV side of things because let's face it, he spent more time on television as the character than he ever did in movies. Even though he was technically the first. He was the Batman in the first movie. Yeah. But very, very sad mo- Very sad news. I don't even know what to do with this. I've been bummed out for the better part of a week. Or, you know, three days. Yeah. Since it happened. Right. Uh, Adam West passed away at 88 years old after a very, very short battle with leukemia. Um, I don't know what to do with this news. I, you know, we've lost a Batman... And I've I've cracked jokes about the guy. I mean, one need only go over to our you know uh, DC films that never happened part three. We crack a lot of jokes on on uh, on Adam West because quite frankly he had some pretty crazy ideas for a uh, for a Batman movie. Yeah. Um. But um, and they're hilarious, and you know who knows? This guy was like Bob Dylan. You never knew if he was being serious or not. <laughs> um, but um. I went to go, I was taken to go see, for my sixth birthday, I was taken to go see the uh, the Tim Burton Batman with Michael Keaton. And um, I'm a peculiar, I was a pe- peculiar kid. I was weird. Um, after seeing that, I wanted to see what the first iteration of Batman was. Because for a long time, I got into my head that the first version of a thing is always the best. So I went on this journey, and but uh, I was craving Batman. I wanted more. And obviously we weren't going to get any more of that until 92. And, um, I mean, I obviously didn't know that, but what was there for me, because there wasn't an animated series at that point was the Adam West, Bill Dozier, Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, I swear some of these characters I had never heard of before, but I knew them almost through osmosis, you know, like the Riddler and the Joker and the penguin, you know, They, Um, they make themselves very known on that show. Yeah. Um, but Adam West was so sincere in the way he played Batman. Like, he played it straight. And, you know, as I as I got older, you know, I, I always knew the show was somewhat tongue-in-cheek. I knew that it was camp, uh, that it was supposed to be a certain way. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's old and that's cheesy. But, you know, I, I knew the difference. I'd seen older stuff before. And I was like, no, nah, I think that was supposed to be funny. And um, But Adam West was Batman. He just was. And, um, you know, as I got older and I realized that he was maybe not so happy with, uh, with the role or that the role had put him in a position. And look, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. This is common, you know, like Leonard Nimoy wrote a book called I am not Spock. (laughs) Um, yeah, these roles, these iconic roles haunt you. Yeah. Um, and, but that made it even more sweet than, uh, later years adam west accepted who he was and wound up actually because of that getting a lot more roles than he than he would have 
by embracing his role as Batman and being able to poke fun at himself. But to be fair, Adam West was a fantastic actor. You Number one, you can't be on that show, on Batman, and put in that sincere of a, of a dramatic performance amongst all of that ridiculousness. It was a circus. It was a circus. And he, he keeps, I don't, I mean, the only time he smiles is when it's in the script to smile. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine somebody like and, Jimmy um, Fallon trying to do that. Watch this guy go and look up the video of um, of Adam West as Batman in a tracksuit talking to Jerry the King Lawler, who's decked out in a Superman outfit. This man does not break character. This man, as Batman, tells Jerry Lawler that he could be a good citizen if he if he changed his habits and learned to use his turn signals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> True professional. Um, not to mention the fabulous work he did on Family Guy, and he's done a ton of you know dramatic roles over the years. Oh, and uh, to, to say he, he pokes fun at himself. Um, oh my gosh! That one of my favorite uh, commentary. You know, I've heard some of the commentary tracks to the, especially the early Family Guy stuff. But there's a bit where you see uh, the mayor show up in court, and he's got his his right hand is dressed like a a bride. And they're they're doing vows, and and apparently Adam West read the script and uh, and and said to McFarland, "So is am I marrying my hen because of things I do to my hand?" And Seth kind of went, uh, y- "Yes, yes, Mister West, that's what's happening." So, well, all right then, <laughs> like moved on, <laughs> moved right along with the scene. It, like McFarland described him as a very game guy. Yeah. Um. My favorite Family Guy, Adam West Family Guy bit, is um, he tells Meg, I think it was Meg, to watch his pizza because the Noid was going to come around. Yeah. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is like a 25-year-old reference yeah. uh, to the Domino's Noid. And sure enough, this damn Noid, the Noid shows up, and Adam West comes in and beats the shit out of him, kills him. There's like The Noid is a bloody mess yeah. on the floor, and... As straight as I've ever heard anyone ever read a line, says, perhaps the Noid should have avoided me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well done. Um, But yeah, Adam West, man. He was my first. He was definitely my first. I mean, I hadn't seen Michael Keaton's for a while. I just remember watching like uh, reruns of of the 66 series and just being like on the edge of my seat because I was... When I was watching, I forget how old I was, but I was still too young to know there was something like it was funny every now and then, but I didn't know how much it was making fun of itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, I was just—it was just like this. It was because of how straight he delivered on it, uh, the lines. I was like, "This guy's cool. I like his gadgets. He's always calm under pressure. Yeah, always figures out what's going on." Even though when I watched it again, I'm like, "Robin always figures out what's going on." Not yeah why does robin always figure it out it was funny like robin it figures out the riddles (laughs) and then batman figures out how to get out of traps that's what i end up seeing when i watched it again well what's fun is like there's a lot of it where like robin will figure it out and he'll be like this and this is gonna happen and batman will be like correct old chum and i'm like why didn't you say that that would have saved some lives batman (laughs) like you just you're like waiting for robin to figure it out just as a lesson always the mentor (laughs) um that adam west man uh if you if you don't believe that he can he can do solid drama within the dc realm dude go go watch beware the gray ghost 
a role like he plays Simon Trent, a former uh, uh, an actor who played a superhero called the Gray Ghost that inspired Bruce when he was young, um, and now he's sort of a has he was he's a has been actor. the The role of the Gray Ghost ruined him. No one wants to touch him. Uh, dude, just to have the balls to play to agree to play that part, mm-hmm. knowing that that is what happened in his real life um is remarkable but uh the way he he plays the role um in Batman the animated series pretty, just pretty painfully honest phenomenal um i i can barely talk about it without crying honestly yeah if you went on too long you, you um, i don't think you'd uh yeah once you get into like pull your way out. Kevin Conroy Batman taking them to the cave and showing them like the 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 gray ghost cave. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, Adam West was uh, underrated as an actor. Should have had more success than he did in his life. Uh, I think he's uh, probably more uh, more known nowadays than he ever thought he would be. Yeah. I mean, and, he was uh, one of the most. Well, he was one of the most famous people in the world when the show was running so for about three good mm-hmm. years there he was on top of the world and then he just vanished and then there's this resurgence in like 2000 until now yeah and maybe look, even you the know, late 90s you know, my, my thoughts and prayers are with his family and uh you know it's a it's a rough thing to go through and um i don't i don't want to be gross with my my wonderment and my uh, my curiosity over whether he, they filmed or they actually recorded that uh, that sequel to the '66 Batman with William Shatner as Two Face, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Like I haven't seen any news reports about that, so I don't know. Um, I hope he got to do that. Yeah, you hope that surfaces because I was excited about that. Yeah, I was excited about that, and uh, I loved his portrayal of Batman once again in the '66 uh, 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 animated feature that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. I would love one more ride with Adam West before we uh, before we call curtains on it. But, they were planning uh, on doing more of those sixty six features too. Yeah. Anyway, um, importantly, uh, Adam West taught me that you can be cool and be funny. Yeah. So uh, I mean, there he is in a Batman costume, which at the age of six didn't it didn't make a damn difference whether you were in full body rubber or if you were in um, <laughs> blue and gray spandex but suit. You, something you could have slept in. You were Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, favorite Adam West lines? Poor deluded child. Oh, that's just always going to be up there. And I don't want to talk about it, Robin. It depresses me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. CW has released their fall premiere dates. Uh, Supergirl will premiere Monday, October 9th. That's season three, y'all. Flash Season 4 premieres Tuesday, October 10th, followed by Legends of Tomorrow. I almost said, almost tried to re- correct myself and say DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know why they still say DC's Legends. I'm not what, sure about that. Eh. I'm not sure why they just haven't Legends, shown it to Legends. Yeah. Legends comes on the same night. Uh, Arrow is going to be Thursday, October 12th. Now pay attention to that small change if you hadn't caught it before. Thursday. Mm-hmm. That is a bit of a difference. Yeah. And all of CW's most recent seasons are available on Netflix now if you need to catch up, and that's going to be a major coup for Netflix. It's going to be huge for them. Oh, I think I think they're going to get a lot of stuff out of that. Yeah. Uh, the Gotham Season 4 premiere uh, title has been released. 
John Stevens tweeted it. 401 is going to be called Pax Pinguina. Pinguina? <laughs> yeah. Pax usually means peace or kiss of peace. Um, so that's what we know about that. Gotham Season 3 DVD details uh, and Blu-ray. <laughs> Remember, we're in 2017. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to that, Brent of the DC, <laughs> DC TV Squadcast is going, yeah, we're in 2017. Why are you talking about DVDs and Blu-rays? We're talking about streaming now. Yeah. Get my um, digital HD copy, I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that's still my favorite thing that Brent's ever said to me. Ew, physical media. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, releases August 29th. Bonus features Gotham 2016 Comic-Con panel. Madness Rising, the new villains of Gotham. The Dark Within the Dark, the Court of Owls. Ben McKenzie, directorial debut and deleted scenes. Uh, sounds good to me. It'll be on my shelf. Um, <laughs> especially Ben McKenzie, a, a little background on him getting, getting to watch him be a rookie might be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And for anybody who goes like, you guys are always pretty wishy-washy on Gotham. Why would you put that on your shelf, Dave? Uh, you know, I, I buy everything DC. Mm-hmm. Um, pure compulsion and it's, we're wishy-washy it, because the show is wishy-washy. Yeah. I have a sickness. Yeah. Cost him a lot of Amazon Prime. Yep. Anyway, Ben McKenzie uh, has teased Scarecrow in season four. He says uh, in a DC Entertainment YouTube interview, there are some villains that I'm a big fan of that are in season four. I've always been keen on the Scarecrow. It would be nice if the Scarecrow showed up. He said, now note, he says, it would be nice. I mean, I don't know if that means that he knows that something's going to happen. That, but if you go back or, and like, if you go back and look at it, he's got this weird look between those two sentences. Like he, like mm, he knows something, and then the "it would be nice" would be kind of him going like, "Yeah, you, you, you just get the sense that he maybe, yeah, knows something." It's like the little DC meme that you see of uh, Barry Allen. This like keeps showing, like, like uh, doing more and more close-ups of his face. He's like, "Sure is a nice timeline you've got there." <laughs> would be a shame if somebody wrecked it <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that yeah um <laughs> so i'm hoping oh, there's something man. to it uh because I, I i miss i miss that storyline i think you could do a lot with it yeah trisha helfer has confirmed a season three return on lucifer she says i'll be there for season three mom may be gone but charlotte richards is breathing again uh, that might be interesting i don't know exactly how they're gonna make it interesting but if they do i'll be very proud yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I I thought about it for a while when I re- when I saw that, and I just I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, I have I have nothing per se, but you know, I don't hate Trisha Helfer. No. By the way, I read a story where she said the weirdest thing anyone's ever sent her is a fan sent her sperm. Oh my! So that's the thing that happened. That is weird. <sighs> that's what happens when you're a sex symbol. I guess. I heard that phrase, I heard that term when I was a kid and I became obsessed with it. My parents hated it because I just thought everything was a sex symbol. I'm like, is it a sex symbol? And they're like, Shh, don't stop saying that. I was like three. <laughs> and I heard someone refer to someone else as a sex symbol. I had no, no idea what it meant. It was amazing. <laughs> Your mom's like, oh crap, the muffins burned. You're like, that's what happens when you're a sex symbol. <laughs> The cable's out. That's what happened. 
No, it was it was more along the lines of I knew a sex symbol was a person. Ah, uh, okay. And, you know, so like we'd be watching TV, and I'd be like, "Mom, is Mister Rogers a sex symbol?" And she's like, "Stop saying sex symbol. <laughs> Just you don't even need to know what that means." <laughs> Trust me, when the time is right, you'll suddenly understand what that means. Until then, <laughs> just put put it down. So the uh, <laughs> the Supergirl season two DVD slash Blu-ray details uh, release is going to be August twenty second. Bonus features include Supergirl two thousand sixteen Comic Con panel, the Supergirl Alien Fight Night uh, featurette, um, Aliens Among Us, a conversation with Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith. Supergirl Lives audio commentary featuring Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith. And did you know facts for fans? My guess is I probably didn't know. They'll find a few. Whatever it is. If um, scour. Yeah. Uh, Floriana Lima was talking about her reduced role on season three because she's not going to be a series regular. Uh, she says the Sanders fans are beautiful. The best part of playing Maggie is getting to share an inspiring love story and representing the LGBTQ plus community. While this role was only meant for one season, I'm excited to appear in season three as we see the Supergirl story unfold. Hashtag Sanders. Hashtag not over yet. So, so many stories of, of people just going, it's over. It's over. They're going to break up Alex and Maggie. Why? She wouldn't be a, she wouldn't even be a part-time person if they were to break them up. They're just not going to use it as much. Oh, season three, Alex is going to be a straight woman now. No. That'd be all right. I mean, I guess it's possible, but it's not likely. Put yeah. your money on, they're just you're just not going to see as many storylines that involve her. But that every <laughs> yeah. now and then she'll mention that her and Maggie are doing fine. Yeah. Or, yeah, she'll be like, yeah, I'm going to have a hard time tracking down this alien here with uh, that barbecue from when me and Maggie were having that barbecue. Oh, no, I, I'll, I'll bet $1, my usual bet. That will never happen. That um, <laughs> that, that at some point they need information from uh, like uh, localized source information like they normally got from Maggie, but it'll just be Alex walking into the DEO and coming up behind Wynn and putting her arm on the chair and saying, all right, so I got from Maggie without us ever seeing yeah. it. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. That will definitely happen. That's what Maggie told me. Like, ah, well, we could have really used Maggie for this. Too bad she's in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Eating pasta. Like, the FBI is going to go train her, you know, give her special training or something. We'll see her. If they don't break her up, you'll at least see her again long enough to see them planning a wedding and maybe, like, a wedding at the end of the season. Yeah. So, uh, Supergirl has casted uh, Rain for season three, the uh, big Supergirl villain that um, I predicted. Uh, from their very on-the-nose reference in the finale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I did nothing nothing special. Yeah. Odette Annabelle, uh, or Annabelle, Enable? Whatever. I don't know. I couldn't But I predicted either. a thing. I predicted a thing. Just remember that. You got one. <laughs> I got if, one. If you can never take that away from him. He got the one. Um, she's from Pure Genius. She's been cast as Rain, leader of the world killers for season three. Uh, Andrew Kreisberg says, Greg and I, that's Greg Berlani, in case you didn't know, uh, have <laughs> wanted to work with Odette for years. We are beyond excited to have her join our cast in the scary, powerful, and heartbreaking role of Rain. Oh, when I, Kreisberg talks about this stuff way better than they ever execute it. I mean, yeah, you want scary, heartbreaking, and, and powerful <laughs> now, right? 
Yeah, the way he describes stuff, I'm like, oh, that's the show Sounds I want. Good. And then the show happens, and I'm like, eh. eh could have used some tweaks. And then Kreisberg was like, oh, we're always so proud of this. Like, we think we accomplished this. And I'm like, no. 85%. But, yeah. you know, I have hope. Uh, Arrow Season 5 did a really, really great job. So, uh, And most of Flash does a really good, great, great job. So, um, you know, fingers crossed. I, I feel like that gives us at least 50-50. Yeah. I mean, these, uh, um, I've, I've, I, it's a, it, they're still mostly good shows. There's just a lot to, <laughs> it's just a lot to chat about. Mm-hmm. Over to the Flash, Flash season three, Blu-ray release date. Uh, what's funny is you wrote down DVD for everything but the Flash. Um, nice. <laughs> you wrote, you wrote Blu-ray on Flash. Um, <laughs> that must have oh, been the first oh. or the last one I did. I don't know. It's impossible to tell. It's impossible to tell. Anyway, Flash Season 3 Blu-ray has been uh, well, given a release date September 5th. It's going to include the Flash 2016 Comic-Con uh, panel. A Flash in Time, Time Travel in the Flash Universe. Villain School, the Flash Rogues. Allied, the, inv- <laughs> the Invasion Complex. Rise of Gorilla City. The Flash, I'm Your Super Friend. Which I'm assuming is going to be uh, in reference to the musical. Or they might have just left the video in there. Yeah. The Flash hitting the fast note. Harmony in a flash. Synchronicity in a flash. A conversation with Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith. Deleted scenes and gag reel. By the way, those conversations with Andrew Kreisberg and Kevin Smith, if Fat Man on Batman is any indication, are delightful. Yeah. They had a great time on the uh, on his interview. So I, the commentary has got to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the season four baddie on the Flash is official. Uh, it's going to be Clifford Defoe, aka the Thinker. He was name dropped several times during season three, so it's not exactly a you know surprise. Yeah. Kreisberg uh, talked a little bit about the VFX budgets. He says uh, now this comes from commentary on the upcoming DVD release. He says uh, the visual effects budget of Arrow is literally a tenth of Supergirl on the Flash. It's a lot of stunt work. It's all practical by design. Kevin Smith. Uh, Smooth? Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. <laughs> he would love that name. He should change his name. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smooth. Kevin Smith, uh, who is on the same commentary track, justified the gap. He says, Arrow seems of a different feather than Supergirl and the Flash, not the least of which is like, they've got superpowers, and this guy just has a bow and arrow, which is completely fair. And, uh,. You know, when you look at Arrow's lower ratings for the uh, than Flash and Supergirl getting, you go, well, how are how are they stick? How is how is Arrow sticking around? That's why. Yeah, <laughs> they just told they you, just, Rye. They just explained. It's literally a tenth because they're <laughs> probably making more money per episode than yeah. the other two. Can't you see the Arrow like uh, execs going up to some of the CW execs going? We need more money. I mean, we got we got to get some more effects money, and <laughs> they're just like. I'm sorry, what are, what are Arrow superpowers yeah. again? Oh, screw you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, over to Legends news. Uh, Zari Adriana Tomaz has been cast for Legends Season 3. Um, her official character description, Zari lives in a world of contradictions. Technology has brought about incredible change in her future. Too bad human nature hasn't kept pace. Fear, prejudice, and a lack of care for the planet have forced Zari to become a gray hat act- uh, hacktivist. Um... 
Now, fans are wondering if her story will include her transition to the mystical Isis and maybe an appearance by Black Adam. If it does, I very much doubt they'll be using the name Isis. Yeah, (laughs) right. Take it back. So, uh, yeah. That's kind of interesting. You know, I... um, you know, just uh, just by what they're saying, as far as uh, their description of her with the uh, fear, prejudice, and the lack of care for the planet, mm-hmm. uh, they're not even not they're not even abstaining from being heavy-handed in the description of this character. So I'm a little on the fence about the approach already. Yeah, I have no idea. What th- I, I think we're just know, gonna get a name check here. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like uh, you know. I feel like, and you've heard me say this before. These shows are, in a large degree, escapism for me. I don't necessarily want, you know, after-school specials, for those of you who remember what after-school specials are. Yeah. But, um, whatever. Hopefully they do something interesting with it. Katie Lotz talks about uh, Season 3 of Legends. She says, I don't know much about Season 3. Little bit of some talks about love interests for Sarah, and that it's going to be even crazier than it was last season. That's not really telling us a whole lot. I don't know if crazier is good. Um, some of the crazy stuff was not good on season two and one. I mean, the the setup is like dinosaurs in a futuristic city, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's setting the bar for crazy pretty high. But And as far as little bits of some talks about love interests, so far the show, that only makes me think that the show has more females from history who are going to turn out to be into Sarah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I audibly sighed when I read that. Yeah. Sarah Lance t- really is female Captain Kirk on this no, show. She's times, she just, times Captain Kirk. Yeah. She, yeah. She just gets down with everybody in the past. I think she's got like a, maybe a checklist of every century she wants to hit. No. Yeah. So anyway, over to arrow season six, apparently will include flashbacks. Mark Guggenheim after saying that he, he too was glad to be rid of the flashbacks. Stephen Amell said he was glad of being rid of the flashbacks and, uh, Glad and rid of the wigs. Yeah, uh, St- <laughs> Guggenheim said he's rid of, he's glad to be rid of the flashbacks, but said at the same time, I will tell you that the season premiere of season six will have a flashback to the island. If you take me literally at my word, yes, back to the island. Uh, he elaborates. Last year, we when we sort of realized we were going to go past season five, we basically they only realized last year that they were going to get past season. F- okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> take it year to year. We ba- I mean... Apparently, we basically made a collective decision that season five would be the final year of flashbacks. Next year in season six, what we'll end up doing is we'll do some episodes without any sort of flashbacks. We've also established over the first four seasons of proof of concept that we can do flashback stories that don't involve what I call the island narrative even when it's not on the island. So that makes sense. I'd love to see flashbacks of other people from time to time. Look, flashbacks are a perfectly um, good sto- form of storytelling. Um, yeah, and I've no, they've I've been, no issue with They've been such a substantial part of this show that that's why we're focusing on them. That's why it's not even news that they're going back and that he said they weren't and they were happy. And, then, and you know, technically they have to do a flashback uh, on the yeah. first episode because the bomb has already gone off in real time. Mm-hmm. And we have to know what happened before. So... It, yeah, it, I mean, I'd hate it. Would I, I actually it would crack me up if that's all he meant at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
so uh, after prompting from a fan on Twitter, Manu Bennett said, "Anyone, or sorry, everyone who wants a Deathstroke original series needs to rally and let DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Netflix, the CW s- superhero series producer Greg Verlani and writer producer Mark Guggenheim know." And a lot of people have been, a lot of uh, you know people who write for these news websites have been saying that we need a Deathstroke spinoff. Manu Bennett says we need, he wants to do one. A lot of fans want to see it. Um, I personally don't. And, and, but here's why. I don't why. know if there's enough there for me. And, yeah. Um, Dan Wickline over at BleedingCool.com, he has a really cool idea. Now, granted, I think it's a cool idea because... I had the idea a long time ago and talked about it on this podcast. So you're already a little uh, partial to it. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called DC on screen. Mm-hmm. You're listening to it right now. Um, but <laughs> if it's just on autoplay, Hey, welcome. Hi. Um, but Dan Wickline and kudos dude. Cause I know you haven't listened to me. He has this cool idea. Brave and the bolt. They do an anthology series, multi episode arcs, like two or three episode arcs. Um, that way, you know, we get all these people that the fans want to see have been clamoring to see Deathstroke, Constantine, Hunt, Huntress, Question, Blue Beetle, and anyone else we want. And, uh, you know, they can air it when the other shows are off. Or, um, you know, not that he says this, but I feel this way. Cancel Legends of Tomorrow and make the Brave and the Bold. Because Brave and the Bold really is what Legends of Tomorrow should be. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the Brave and the Bold, or, or sorry, uh, Legends of Tomorrow promised in its concept that we would be able to go and, you know, visit Sergeant Rock, go back and check out the uh, Justice Society, and we'd be able to go back and do all these things. And while we have been able to do some of those things, we're still stuck with this, like, shitty modern-day storyline that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. With the legends, like I don't give a shit about the legends most of the time. Yeah, do the brave and the bold, and uh, you know, while I like a lot, and that, by the way, you can with brave and the bold, you can actually bring in the Adam, you can bring in White Canary, or Mick Rory, or Snart, or any of these characters from Legends of Tomorrow, and have them in like small doses, while also servicing the fans who want people like Deathstroke and you know Mister Miracle and Big Barda. And anybody else that the DC canon has to offer. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really cool idea. And um, uh, smarter than what they may have thought of over on the CW. Anyway. They could still tweak Legends uh, if they did a little bit of what they're kind of doing with Gotham. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, some characters have like this three-story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of move on to another character. If, if it was, it wouldn't even be a revolving door. Like, give them a three-story arc. Have like five characters yeah. you get introduced to all season. Um, yeah. So say you've got seventeen episodes, you got three fifteen, you know, three times five on on your story right. arcs, and then like two episodes to play with the crossover. And you yeah. can still like go meet, like you said, like go meet Scott Free or something for for three episodes and play with that whole thing. And if if you do this well, you can time the character development of the legends themselves while you do it, and it doesn't have to be all monster of the weeky. Mm. Where like this one week we learn this giant lesson. Ray yeah. suddenly understands this, you know. But then you also open it up because you've you've created these characters and you've had these or you've uh, introduced these characters over there. You can bring them into any show that you need them in: Flash, Supergirl, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Hell, you can even start off an episode and be like Earth thirty eight, in like the little lower left hand corner, like Earth thirty eight or whatever. Yeah. And right. uh, you could do multiple. You could have Batman gaslight, bat, you know, Gotham by gaslight. For God's sake, yeah. you could do that. You could. I mean, I would still like the it possibilities to be a, are endless. I would still like it to be a, a I don't know a serialized story more than more than that would end up being. I think. Well, you know, you could throw in little hints and stuff. Like, have a couple of arcs that don't really tie in as much. But uh, sort of like, um, you remember how Doctor Who had the Bad Wolf thing just in the background. Yeah, and then there's of, a big payoff. Uh, there's a big payoff at the end. Like a multiverse payoff. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't, don't want to have to like, scour frames of it. it I'm going to put it this way. Like, Legends by itself and uh, possibly even Brave and the Bold as it's being proposed on CW may not be able to carry something as thorough as Bad Wolf. Like, uh, and it just may be that CW doesn't have that in them because the the audience is so young, they need something week to week. So I think it just may nah. be like, I think it may be like swinging for the fences and, and not... I, I, I don't underestimate these youngins. I, I, they're they're quicker on the draw than we give them credit for. They really are. They're, they're better at it than we are. It's not even that I underestimate them or you do, it's that they do. And as long as that's the case, you still got to play by those rules. Yeah. But you know, yeah, maybe. I, have, I haven't really mentioned this before. Um, I only thought about it very recently. But something I wish they would start doing on Legends is employ a system where you could ask, "Hey, where's Ray this week?" Oh, um, we got a we got a message from uh, from Oliver. They need him over there. And like, sure enough, that week he was. I guess in this case, two mm-hmm. days later, you see him over in Arrow helping out the team that week, yeah. and then he gets picked up at the wait by the waiver at the end of the episode. I wish they could just, like, toss people into the other shows for a second when they needed them and do some more... uh... And they can. It's a time travel show. I don't understand why they can't. That's the thing. There could even be, like, a device where... Like, like, Gideon could have a a function where she's constantly searching for messages from the other heroes. And if they just write a message down and leave it somewhere, you know, at specified places, Gideon finds it and Ray shows up immediately because they can do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a scheduling issue in real life. You know that. I know. I know. You know that. I know. It takes a lot of work. It takes not uh, like but... it, it's a, a a climb up Mount Everest just to do the the crossovers as is. So like all those little things, yeah. uh, you know, this wouldn't be like an. But an to be episode, fair, but... there are always episodes of Legends, episodes of any of this where you will see less of a person than you thought. You know, you'll barely see them for an episode. And you'll be like, well, I wonder whatever ha- what happened to that character. He was only in like a scene. They could just, you know, make the storytelling a lot more uh, concise. And they could do that not just with Legends, but with other shows as well. Like, you'd be like, where the hell is Thea? Well, she's been speedy over here on Legends for two or three episodes. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Where's Felicity? Um, there was some future tech they couldn't figure out. So uh, she's working with Ray. <laughs> anyway. Wendy Miracle, after being asked about Helix returning in Season 6 of Arrow, says, It's a dangling thread, and we don't like to leave those hanging around. It would be great sort of built-in story for Felicity, for Felicity to revisit these people who are not very happy with her. Let's be honest. We left that open-ended on purpose for sure. Uh, so there's that. And I'm interested to see uh, what that uh, brings about. Um, also... We've talked about it before on the show, but we had uh, a fair amount of people ask um, either through the DC on-screen uh, official channels or by or f- 
by me personally asking what happened to Vigilante and why they didn't wrap that up in season uh, five of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did come out and say they were saving that specifically for season six of Arrow. Yeah, and because they didn't have the time to really delve into everything they wanted to with Vigilante. Yeah, and they they said they had a real clear like they know who he is exactly who he is, and um, mm-hmm. they they didn't want to cheat him. They thought they had a lot right. of story there, but they were. I I think they fell so much in love with with uh, Sagara that they were just like, no, no, we'll 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 wrap this up later. We're, we're gonna tell, we're gonna let Adrian Chase act. Yeah, and I have no hate for that. You know, no, it was like, a great choice. He freaking killed it. Him and Oliver had some of the best antagonistic chemistry I've seen on television in a long absolutely. time. Absolutely, and you know what, Vigilante is just Electra inside of the egg. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's for my Daredevil season two enigmas. What up y'all? <laughs> yeah. I'm using enigmas now all the time. I'll, I'll try to talk <laughs> you out of that in due time. <laughs> oh, Arrow season five DVD and Blu-ray details have been released. It'll be released on September 19th. Bonus features include Arrow 2016 Comic-Con panel, the new team Arrow, Allied, the Invasion Complex, Returning to the Roots of Arrow, Prometheus, Deleted Scenes and a Gag Reel, I am down for that, that will be on my shelf, as will all of these things, all of these Blu-rays that we talk about. Sure. I, I imagine uh, Arrow, so, as seriously as it takes itself, has pretty funny gag reels. Probably. Uh, yeah, so... um for years, you know, Rick Berman, the guy over that was over uh, Star Trek for years, wouldn't release gag reels because he didn't like them. He didn't like blooper reels. And then when they actually released some of them, they were just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, oh my gosh. Like, Voyager gag reels are the best thing about Voyager. Probably. <laughs> you probably got anyway. through doing the, watching those and just you should have cut that together as a comedy and called it a day. Yeah. Over to Black Lightning. Uh... <laughs> EP Salim McKeel says of Black Lightning, it is a character-driven show. I don't know if there's going to be a fight every week. That's weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's certainly not going to be a villain of the week. Holy crap, really? I don't want to do that. We really want to explore the characters, even the villains. I think one of the most interesting characters right now, from a storytelling standpoint, is Tobias. Because we're not having him sort of twist his mustache, his hatred for himself and for others comes from a real place, so we want to know why he's like that. That makes me more excited for this show than any of the trailer did. Like, just That makes me so excited. For Black as soon as I read no monster of the week or no bad guy of the week or whatever we put it, I thought, oh, ho, 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 I like this ambitious guy. Like, as soon as I, I read that, I said, I don't want this to be part of the Arrowverse. <laughs> it might. This might end up transcending it somewhat. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we have that look to, that to look forward to. Hopefully I mean, it, I, it pans it out is, well. It's ambitious. I mean... Putting a show on CW where you don't have a fight every week is is going to be a tough pull. Which, by the way, I you know that is uh, that's phenomenal the way he's, he mentioned that, and I am I guess I haven't updated since uh, well for a couple of weeks, but I'm halfway through season one of Luke Cage right now, and I love it. It's great. It is a I, the first episode really bored me, but uh, that second episode grabbed me, and every episode afterward, I've just I've been in love with. Been great. So, um, 
They take some. I mean, it's kind of uh, hefty turns in the in the road on you. That's it's. Uh, yeah, it's jumped the shark a couple of times, but I didn't mind that shark being jumped. Like whatever. Like I was like, that's silly. A rocket launcher in Harlem, and then Misty Knight goes, a rocket launcher in Harlem, and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lantern hung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're aware. We're fine. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Batman and Harley Quinn is apparently going ultra HD. Whoa, guys, 4K, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a first for the DC Universe uh, animated films. Uh, it will come out August 29th, and it will have a 4K ultra HD option. Um, features on that, uh, on all but the DVD version will include the Harley effect featurette. Harley Quinn has a deep history with the fans of the DC universe. This featurette traces her humble roots from her creators to those that portray her, her at comic book conventions. She is a symbol of strength and beloved by many. Uh, Lauren Lester, his own, in his own voice, featurette. This documentary examines actor Lauren Lester's legacy within the Batman animated series, Dick Grayson's character, and the popularity that surrounds Lester's interpretation of the boy Wonder. And, well, as Selena said in uh, Volume 4 of the animated series, more like Man Wonder. Raum. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say as a straight man. Mm-hmm. I sneak Pete. A sneak peek, sneak Pete. That's telling. A sneak peek at the next <laughs> DC Universe original movie. A behind-the-scenes look at the next entry in the popular series of DC Universe original movies, featuring thoughts from the talented filmmakers and voice cast, and from the DC Vault Batman the Animated Series, Harley and Ivy, and Harley's Holiday. Because why the hell wouldn't you put episodes of Batman the Animated Series that tie into this movie? That just makes me so excited for this movie, even if I'm not, like, completely, like, 100% on board. Uh, Melissa uh, Rauch's version of this character, of Harley. I mean, I'm I'm just happy to see more animated series. Yeah. Actually, uh, Jeff Myers from the Entertainment Roundtable, uh, they released an episode the other day, and he was saying, why is it Harleen Sorkin? I'm like, uh, dude, she retired. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I heard her on Fat Man and Batman, her voice was stripped, and I don't know if that got better or what, but she retired from the role, so... Yeah. For whatever reason. And um, you probably just, at some point, start taking roles that hurt your voice a little less. Yeah. So, uh, Sci-Fi's Krypton is set to begin pre-production this month and begin filming during late summer with a 2017 release date currently on the docket that will be kind of tight, so we'll see. Uh, also, some new production studios in Belfast, Ireland, seem to have won the contract for the filming location. So, we have a DC show that's not being filmed in Vancouver, <laughs> which is weird. Well, I mean, this uh, not anymore. <laughs> uh, they went back to LA. They did, actually. You're right. But everything else. Um, you know, I very, very barely consider them a DC show. I know. It's it's a spinoff kind of deal. but Yeah. Which, uh, you know, may make the difference in uh, future decisions for this show. Yeah. But anyway. We have, a, we have some choices to make over the summer. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have a Teen Titans filming date and location. This is happening fast. I'm excited. And a little afraid. Teen Titans is going to begin filming September 25th in Atlanta. Again, another not Vancouver. Spreading the net. Uh, 
Spreading that net, boy. Spreading the net. Ooh, um, still no casting. That's a good news. point, Charles. If you're, uh, if you're, if you're listening, I know you're on that extras roster. Mm-hmm. Charles McFall, epic boss of the giant-sized team-up network of which we are a part. There'll be an epic extra. Uh, lives in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's gone through the pre- proper paperwork to be an extra on uh, when the time comes. Yeah, that man lives in paperwork. I think. Yeah, probably. Um, sad news. I I saw this and uh, I was just way too sad. Um, Alan Burnett has retired, the legendary producer of DuckTales, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Static Shock, Batman Beyond, among, uh, among many other beloved on and off screen properties, is retiring after 33 years in the business. He worked on the upcoming Batman and Harley Quinn. And WSB says there are several more projects in the pipeline with his name on them. So we'll probably get Alan Burnett stuff for a couple more years to come at least. But um, less things with Alan Burnett involved, there's no way to make that a positive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been the one holdout on uh, Fat Man on Batman that I I am really eager for. (laughs) Well, they killed him. You remember there uh, there was a bit on Fat Man and Batman where they they inadvertently they were talking about Alan oh, Burnett. Oh yeah, they, and, they um, thought he was thought he passed away. Said, and like, well, no, one of them said yeah, one of them said like Alan Burnett, God rest his soul. And the other one started laughing, going like, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I he's like uh, uh, Kevin Smith did an interview with just about everyone you could think of from BTAS. Yeah. And he's like the one that was really influential just, on that series that this hasn't just gotten hadn't made it, it on the show for whatever reason. Just, I don't know. Uh, you know, I haven't heard any uh, like the, in in full disclosure, I have not kept up with Fat Man on Batman. No, I specifically they, go back and check every few months and scroll down to see. No. I mean, it's it's been actually it's it's probably about time. But yeah, I you know I don't. I don't keep up with that show because they've moved over into talking about way other, like a whole bunch yeah, of other kind things of a, that I can't. An all around uh, new well, show. Well, I do this show. I do this show now. So I don't have time to watch all the things yeah. that I want to one day watch. And they talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I got to see two episodes of Agents of Shield this year before I couldn't keep up anymore. Yeah. I still want to see what happens. Which, by the way, uh, Two days. You have two days before that shows up on Oh, Netflix. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I'll be honest, I, I enjoy Kevin Smith. I like uh, the Fat Men on Batman before when, before it became everything. Yeah, I was a big fan of just, just the interview really, format version of that show. It was very, yeah. it was, uh, God, it was I enjoy engaging. Mark Bernardin. He's fun. Um, he's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I really like the, the original format of that mm-hmm. show. And um, I just haven't been able to keep up. So I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. We'll be on the show if you want. Sure. I'll come explain myself. Any day. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. We have some feedback. <laughs> and I feel bad about this because there were a few, there was some feedback for the Gotham. Like on the, our Gotham finale review, I was like, nobody really ever gives us feedback on Gotham. And then like the, like as after we had recorded, we got like three pieces of feedback. Or two pieces of, pieces of feedback and one that we forgot about. Yeah. So, you know, we're crap. Whatever. Uh, Randall Smith 
says the season finale gives me the impression that season five is going to be the end of Gotham. If that's true, I wish we could see David, David Mazus, Sean Pertwee, Robin Lord Taylor, Cameron Bicondova, Cameron Monaghan, and Corey Smith uh, carry on with their characters on television or in the movies. Whatever problems the show had, these people always did their best. Um, I appreciate that viewpoint, but I don't want to see. I don't want to see them in movies unless it is a, um, a crisis on Infinite Earths situation. My only problem with it would be that it that would be too much. That's that's too many people. It's too many characters to really get a. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think a good thick plot out of. Yeah. Now, if in a few years we see David Mazus as Bru- as Batman standing next to like Michael Keaton and Christian Bale and Ben Affleck and all in like a bunch of other Batman, yeah. that would just I I don't I biologically my heart cannot come. <laughs> it can stop, but that would That's be maybe what would happen. The anyway. clo- that would be the closest you would ever see to that. And if they just do like a little CGI Adam West. I'm the most happy ever in the world. Yeah. But, um, I'm sure you could pull some frames and digitize them. I, um, I, I understand the syndrome that you have Randall and not to say that you have a disease of any sort, but I understand it because I felt the same way after Smallville. I'm like, I don't want a Superman movie without Tom Welling. Yeah. And I was wrong, Randall. Yeah. I was wrong. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I still wish there'd be like a reunion movie. Um, again, crisis on infinite earths. I want to see Tom Welling, Superman, standing there next to Henry Cavill. I want to see all that. Like I want to see uh, Dean Kane. Okay, there's, I don't. Just but just no shuffle him aside. Way <laughs> to get all that into uh, into a, into a property. It's just no way to oh, put all that in. There absolutely is. Yeah, you not do an like Brave and the Bowl. You cannot do that in 140 Jason. pages. <laughs> you just can't. Jason. Jason. What? We have both seen Batman: The Brave and the Bowl. Yeah, he has he has a whole team of Batman come through, and there were Batman for Batman animated series. Yeah, you're talking about several shows, several shows worth of characters. They had several shows worth of characters come through that portal for just like two seconds, and that was the happiest I've ever been in my life. (laughs) It's just been downhill from there. (laughs) It has just been downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, so, it'd have to be a one shot or something like that. But um, to the I to the want previous one point, scene. Though, uh, I want one scene with every Batman working on a problem together. That's all I want. Yeah, we've seen these movies. I want to see Keaton. I want to see Kilmer. I want to see Clooney even with Bale uh, and Affleck and CGI uh, Adam West and David Mazus, and they're all working on a problem. And uh, maybe like a shot of a couple of Alfreds looking at each other like, yeah, you did all right, too. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'm greedy. That's what I want. I know. (laughs) I still, I I don't sense yet that season five is the end. um, It does tie into, uh, you have Scott's uh, thing? Yes, I do have Scott's thing. Um, Scott from the Suicide Squad cast sent us a thing we should have talked about on the recap show. He says, something to discuss on your final recap and review for Gotham this season, which we promised we would do, and we didn't, because we were stupid. Yep. Um, I mean, I I, <laughs> I I told him, like, man, I got that in my notes, I'm ready to go, and then I just, I couldn't read the note. That was, you remember when I to- no. like, told you on the, the, like, at some point I was like, yeah. man, I can't, 
I literally can't understand yeah. some of the stuff that I put on this page. That was one of the things. I remember. All right, well, write better. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, Scott says, did this finale feel like a series finale in some ways? Do you think the showrunners felt they might get canceled and wanted to wrap up some stories and get characters heading toward their eventual paths? Just a topic for discussion. Also glad to see my Solomon Grundy call turned out to be partially right, even if I had the wrong character originally. Scott, absolutely to me, I felt like this show, because they waited a little bit before they renewed it, and they would have had to have already come up with this story before um, before that renewal came through. I think absolutely uh, this episode seemed like a series finale, if it had to be. And um, I mean, I, I, I honestly think I, you could keep every piece of footage during the Lee Dear John letter and rewrite uh-huh. that letter slightly differently, and it would have been a complete finale. But as Absolutely. she put it, it was it was you know Gotham needs somebody and and you know and it's you or whatever. But she left Absolutely. it in and she left it in in an ongoing fashion, and you could have changed just a couple of lines. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there's just a couple of lines that are different somewhere in a in a record bay, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh... I think that it absolutely could be a uh, a series finale, but they've done a really good job of making a series finale <laughs> a few times this season. Uh, the very, <laughs> at the very least, the uh, <laughs> the mid season finale could have been a great finale for the show. Yeah, um, what you're saying, like, I can't... Uh, that that conversation that Alfred and Bruce have, where um, they go start their training, like they have a conversation about all right, rule one, we don't kill, and then they get up and start training. Mm-hmm. Like, that could have been, yeah. If the show had been canceled uh, right then, I'd have been like, well, there's some loose ends, but that story got wrapped up pretty well. Yeah. Um, so much so, though, that like, this finale almost feels to me like I don't want another season because it's so close to a series I know, finale. It definitely did feel like that, but same time, I I do think they knew a little earlier than it, it would seem that they weren't getting canceled. They just thought they uh-huh. had a really good ending, and I don't think they're completely sure what they're doing with season five yet. Yeah. I don't think they, they are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they have some ideas. And uh, I think the pre-production's already started for them. So they're, yeah. they're in there. But I don't uh, I don't know if they have the whole thing fleshed out yet. Yeah. So uh, Stephen Chipperson, Dr. Steve, as he's known on the interwebs, says to us, I can explain the different pronunciations of Ra's al Ghul, if you like. It's Arabic. The Ra's pronunciation, administrative, head of the demon, i.e. leader. The Raz pronunciation means physical head of the demon, i.e. the demon's actual head. So they're both correct and cool. Uh, I liked your response to him on Facebook. Um, uh, we're suckers for what Neil Adams and those cats over in the 70s uh, who created the character yeah. uh, said. And more so than that, we're suckers for Batman the Animated Series. Which, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a... I'm a big fan of, of uh, artists. Like it, it, anything being interpreted after the fact is one thing, but if 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 I paint a painting and put it on the wall to display, and the the thing I write under it is it, it says King, and that's the in parentheses, that's the title of the the, the painting. But I mm-hmm. tell you, the name of the painting is Queen. So help mm-hmm. me, I'll pronounce King Queen because that's what the artist said that created it. Like yeah. I'm a, I'm that into that being that uh i i guess proprietarily that that's how it should go down but 
after yeah. that, and you can interpret it however you like. It's no longer yours. Well, you know, and, and for me, though, and I agree with that as well, but for me also, uh, the Batman, Batman the Animated Series is, um, in the DC, in, D, in DC Comics respects, the Bible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it did almost everything, if not everything, better than the original source material. Right. And so much so that the source material changed to accommodate it. Yeah. Um, it's better than every movie that's ever come afterward. Every subsequent spinoff. And it said Raish. Yeah. So, that's what I go by. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Neil Adams said so. But I do like, uh, I've never heard the, <laughs> the difference. To be fair, to be fair, though, Neil Adams says a lot of bullshit. He does. For all he I know, says he's a lot. Uh, pronouncing it differently than he did back in the day. But um, I did like, uh, I've never actually heard the difference in Arabic in the, the two interpretations of it, how you pronounce it. That was that no. was really cool. And I, But I got to admit, I, I do still favor Raish even in that as mm-hmm. uh, leader rather than physical form. Yeah. Yeah. So, Raish all around. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, we have a voicemail from John who has a crossover idea, mm-hmm. and let's go ahead and get to that, I suppose. Hey, this is DC Youngstream. This is John, long-time caller, first-time listener. Just wanted to let you guys in on my theory about an awesome crossover for all the CW shows. I'll try to make this quick. So, we start off with Rain, a.k.a. Supergirl's version of Doomsday on Supergirl. She tries to fight her, loses, goes to Earth-1, gets Wally West and Arrow to come help her on Earth-whatever. They call, they defeat her, she comes back, Rain's about to kill Supergirl, so Alex uses a device that Tisco gives them and sends Rain to Earth-1. So now we all gotta go to Earth-1. All the speedsters are fighting her on the Flash, and by the speedsters killing her, she becomes a speedster herself and starts running really fast. So she runs so fast, she breaks the time barrier, and now she's going through time messing stuff up, so Legends got to come pick up everyone and start jumping through time after her. Then Legends decide we got to end this once and for all, so when they shift over to Arrow, they decide to bring her to Lee and you because, hey, that island's already blown up, can't really do much after that. So they get her there, they fight, they decide we really need Barry. So use the Speed Force Luka to pull Barry out of the time, or Speed Force prison. He comes and they fight for a while and decide, well, we can't really kill her. Well, maybe we could just put her in the Speed Force prison. So that's what they end up doing, putting her in the Speed Force prison. Now you have Barry outside of the Speed Force. Everyone's happy and go lucky. And that's the end of the four-part crossover. So that's my ideas. And the last thing is D's Nuts. All right, John. Uh, D's Nuts aside, thank you for the voicemail. Um, I, I never know what to do with D's Nuts. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have a friend who says that all the time. Uh, Named Byron. That's the guy that uh, shits a lot on his day off. Mm. Um, you'll remember that. Uh, <laughs> that was an unfortunate story. <laughs> that was a weird story. <laughs> a story he now swears is it true now that he knows it's been broadcast to thousands of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like, please tell him I didn't, I didn't mean that. I mean, that would be a good idea. Like, Byron, you're making things worse, buddy. <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, so um, 
What did you, what, Jason? What did you think of the crossover idea that John had? I, there's nothing wrong with it. I could get behind it, but um, its biggest highlight could. is it would give Supergirl like a real episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? What in the crossover? Yeah, in the crossover, she'd have an. Well, actual... We're getting that anyway. We are going to get it, but uh, well, they say I would almost rather. Like, it was not a bad idea. It's just it feels like an idea that they would do. <laughs> so you want an upgrade? I want a little bit of an upgrade, and plus, I, I'm I've become really attached to my legion, uh, my legionnaires idea with Monel mm-hmm. uh, for the crossover event. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's true. You know what? Uh, you know, I'd take John's idea in a pinch. It was a fun idea. Um, I thought it was interesting that he's a long-time caller and a first-time listener. It's hard to manage, but, you know. I don't even know how that happened. No. I think he might be a, a, an unsung, uh, edited-out version, uh, a character from uh, The Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the voicemail. I, uh... Oh, I'd be interested to see. I think they'll keep Rain as a primary villain for Supergirl, though, and do like yeah, a bigger they, story for the crossover. That would be the only real um, monkey and uh, monkey rich, I guess. Um, and and old, his plan the, is that she's supposed yeah, to be the season long villain. The only Sabo in the Cogs, as they say. Yeah, the fly in the super. No one says. No one says that. Anyway, um, as as a lot of you know, there's a uh, there's this video game out. Uh, it's a little video game called Injustice Two, uh, featuring a few of the uh, the DC Comics heavy hitters and uh, our longtime listener. And uh, now at this point, I would say longtime friend Christopher White mm-hmm. has a review for Injustice Two. Um, and well, I guess we're gonna play that right now. Hey Dave, hey Jason, it's Chris. I um, just wanted to talk to you guys about Injustice 2. Um, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. The uh, The gameplay is more of what you love from the first one. The fighting is a little bit faster, a little bit more fluid. Um, they've added some other things like uh, forward rolling, like you know, new ways to break away from air combos and juggling combos, um, stuff for like really hardcore fighting fans, but nothing that's really going to affect the enjoyment of a casual player like you or I. Um, the gear is awesome in the game. Uh, you can completely customize the way any one of the characters look. If you get a really good piece of gear and you don't like the way it looks, you can actually change it to make it look like another piece of gear. Multiverse is a lot of fun. There's a bunch of little worlds on there where you can go fight like little self-contained stories and resolve them by the end of it. There's no cutscenes or anything, but it's a lot of fun and a really great way to earn gear. Um, and then uh, another way that you can level up characters that they have is an AI battle simulator where you can customize the behavior of your AI characters, make them fight the way you want to, and put it up against other people's AI fighters. And if your AI fighters win, then you get to win loot boxes, or in this case, mother boxes. Um, there really isn't a lot I could say about this game negative or anything negative. Like, I love it. I've been addicted to it. If you were a fan of the first game, if you're a DC fan at all and can get this game, there's absolutely no reason you should not get it. It is absolutely incredible. Um, I've been playing it for two weeks, and although I just got Tekken 7, and Friday the 13th, Injustice is the game that I keep coming back to. Um, It is absolutely amazing on every level. It looks good, it plays good, and I'm really happy with it. Thanks, guys. All right. 
what what say you, Jason? Yeah, I I I kind of wanted to get it again after you talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything to play this thing on. I don't either, like, and that's the that's the only obstacle. Otherwise, I would have dropped that money by now. But and I, I'll you know, in other news, I don't have the time either because this podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I I need what what little sleep I get at this point in my life. So. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I have Injustice 2 on my phone, and apparently you can you can get the story mode out of it, which is primarily what I wanted, was the sequel to the story. And um, I could literally be playing this right now on mute if I really had the, the wherewithal to do two things at once. And I just, it's just yeah. sitting there on my phone, and I haven't even, I've got like two chapters in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, so, I don't know. I'll watch the story mode at some point on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad it sounds like it's a good game though. Yeah, it it does sound phenomenal. Um, it I doesn't like the hurt anyone. And the the fluidity of the the fighting sounds great. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone for a thing to be this good. And no. um, you know, if it was uh more of an Arkham Origin situation, I'd be a little I'd be a little concerned. But uh. No, no, it apparently uh. Held up to its predecessor. There are times where I still wish I was in college. Or I wish that I was just now in college. Right? Yeah. Because I, I definitely man. remember having free enough time to play video games. Oh, man. I'd play the hell out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, summers in college were the best times Oh, it was a ever. great catch-up like, time for video games. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because they just released Tekken 7. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh. I was talking to a guy at work, this guy Tristan. And uh, we're talking... I remember the... Um, the the side scrolling missions that they like the the mode on Tekken uh, where you'd have to run through corridors and fight goons and stuff and they would uh, like fried chicken would pop up and you could like run over and catch it and like the voiceover guy would go chicken no um, <laughs> I do not <laughs> well I played the crap out of some Tekken man. Uh, me and Jeremy and Sean and uh, all of our friends back, or all of my friends back in college. You and I didn't weren't even in the same town, mm-hmm. but uh, oh my gosh, we had a lot of fun with Tekken three and four, and uh, I didn't even like. And it was funny is like me and Tristan had talked about like I don't even know if this thing if Tekken even made more after Tekken four. I remember there was like a Tekken tag team, and then like that week, I was at Walmart with Bethany, and in the electronic section, a big poster that said Tekken 7, and I had to like take a picture of it and send it to Tristan. I'm like, it still happens! <laughs> um, <laughs> I never, never got that into it. Uh, uh, me and my roommate had a copy. I've, I've definitely lost like a few nights of sleep just to beat it, and then we kind of put it down. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we did like constant battles with that, and we, and, uh, what was that other stupid series? Uh, I don't remember. Something for the Xbox. I was never the first Xbox. I was never really into. I mean, but, that's what um, we had, but we mostly just played Halo. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like we played more fighting games. That's what we were into. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I don't know. You and I played the hell out of the first Injustice for for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, just like lots of sleepless nights of trying to you know get those. All three stars. Yeah. <laughs> to, un- to unlock more DLC. To get, yeah, or to get more DLC, or, or like we, we beat everything else, so we wanted to beat the Star Labs and couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ran into somebody once who like had beaten all of Star Labs and, and shrugged it off, and I was like, I, I tried to call his bullshit, and sure enough, he'd beaten them all, and just kind of was like, man, that was easy. Like, what what was the problem? It's like, pat rings. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't beat it, man. 
<laughs> the kryptonite batarangs? Yeah, the kryptonite batarangs is where we stopped. We never got past that. Yeah, <laughs> those were tough, They man. were tough. I mean, I think we beat everything on, like, one or two stars, but I don't think we ever got three stars on everything. Now, after that, we just started skipping ahead to, like, the fun-looking levels. We we gave up on trying to serially beat the thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I look back on those days with fondness. Uh, mm-hmm. Arkham Knight, Arkham City, Arkham Origins, and Injustice Days, uh, where Jason and I would play video games until the sun came up. Mm-hmm. And after. Anyway. And Mosey. Well, most likely just fall asleep where we were for a couple of hours. Oh, no. No. I couldn't fall asleep in that recliner. I was afraid. You did not uh, and then realized you had to go to bed. Yeah. That recliner had a spring, an untoward spring in the crotchal area. Yeah. Uh, That recliner, otherwise known as Cecil. Yeah, that thing was... uh, It was to be feared. Yeah. That recliner, both your dog and your wife thought it was haunted. (laughs) Yeah, and and I, I don't know... I, I keep trying to explain them that, that I'm sure ghosts, even if they are there, have better things to haunt, but I couldn't get it across. So. <laughs> well, it was my girlfriend's grandfather's. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway. Uh, it's time to go, guys. It's time to go. And uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff, more news, more fun. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, DC on screen, um, DC on screen.com for every episode. They're all free, all 406 episodes. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, a voicemail, not unlike the voicemails you have heard on this show tonight or today, whenever you happen to be listening, you can call us at 205-259-6331 and, uh, just speak from the heart with your tongue. No, no judgment. Um, I'm not sure one could speak from the heart and say D's nuts at the same time, but uh, apparently John did. I mean, it and I'm sounded willing to give him the benefit passionate. of the doubt. Sounded passionate. And I've never been quite sincere. so proud. The earnestness of that D's nuts was, it, I mean, it out earnest even Batman Begins. Mm-mm. So, <laughs> until next time, please. For the sake of the High Father, keep some DC on your screen.